Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. This is Pride Connection, sponsored by BlindLGBTPride.org, otherwise known as BPI, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One and shortly after on all your major podcast catchers. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to part two of the BPI Board of Directors conversation. This is your president, Leah Gardner. And uh, this evening, you will have a treat. Not only will you hear the rest of the conversation recorded in January with Anthony, Gabe, Tristan Snyder, Bryn, and myself, as well as, let's not forget, Maria Christich, our wonderful treasurer. You'll also hear a few minutes of conversation with Bryn and our other board members, Randy Reed, J.D. John Denning, and Vita Zavilli. Also this evening, we recently held a book share courtesy of Tristan Snyder, and a lot of great book selections were discussed during that time. It was a really riveting conversation, and we have picked one book suggestion for you. So I hope you will enjoy this uh, mix of board discussion, not boring, but board discussion, as well as a book review. And I also want to remind you that as of the day that I am recording this message, which is March 7th, we have a week and a day left for you to either join BPI or renew your membership. And we are uh, launching our new address to do this. Our new address will be bpi.gay slash join that's bpi.gay slash join a lot easier to remember than our old address we will be uh, promoting that more and more as as time passes we are very very glad to have this new url to present to you so without any further word from me let's hear it from the board thank you bryn This is an opportunity for the membership of BPI to get to know our board of 2023. 
Some of them are return members and some of them are newly elected. And um, I just thought it would be a great opportunity for us all to get to know who is on the board and what do they see for the future of BPI. So I'm going to start off by asking that question. Uh, what do you see for the future of BPI? And I'm going to start off at the top of the list here. So uh, JD, what do you see uh, in our future? Okay, well, continued growth. We've been pretty good at that. Uh, a lot of outreach to people, to different LGBTQ plus uh, members who are blind, trying to reach people that don't know about us. And I think we're going to see some growth in that way. Uh, using our new website, which we'll be developing further and further as another means. And, uh, you know, I, I see a strong future. For BPI. That is such a good answer. And, and I agree with you full heartedly on so many of those issues. Um, let's go to Vita next. Vita, uh, what do you see in BPI's future? Well, I'm going to add to JD because he already said a number of the really good things that I think a lot of us see down the road. I think the other big one is education. I think as an organization, we are currently, and hopefully will continue in the future, you know, doing programs that help to educate people on what it means to be LGBTQ plus and an ally. And I think, you, you know, what, what is the intersection between blindness and LGBTQ plus? What does that look like? And we do an educational seminars at the convention as well. So, yeah, just adding, you know, and the website will also help educate. So I, I just wanted to add education to it. That is so awesome. And uh, Randy, certainly, uh, last but not least, uh, what do you see in BPI's future? I see us having a bigger role in just the general doings of ACB. Just because we do tend to get a lot of the younger, more active, more vocal members. And since ACB's uh, primary mission, you know, is advocacy, it stands to reason that they would utilize a group that, that is putting a lot of energy into that. And we're one of them. We certainly are. Uh, and, and BPI has been such a wonderful home for so many of us. Uh, in the LGBT community and our allies as well. Speaking of allies, Vita, would you like to talk a little bit about allyship and, and what that means to you? Oh, that's always such a hard question. For me, allyship means participating and, and being a part of a group whose, whose beliefs and whose, um, I don't know if beliefs is the right word, but well, and advocacy and so forth means a lot to me as well. So I, I became part of BPI maybe three, four years ago, but I think I didn't really understand the board and BPI and their influence until I went to Colorado on the fall trip and uh, Bryn was there as well. And, uh, Anthony and Gabe and a number of other people. And 
there were people from the LGBTQ community, there were allies, there were friends, and I didn't really think of myself as separate, you know, because sometimes people think of the word ally as being separate from the group. I just, I felt like I was part of the group. I, you know, um, I blended into the group and our thoughts and our um, feelings about what we wanted for the future and, um, you know, the growth that we wanted in general was the same. And so I really feel family in this group. I, I've really always felt like family since the time we, we've spent, um, since we spent time together. And we absolutely don't see you as, as separate or other. We are all allies to each other, regardless of yes. orientation, mm -hmm. regardless of gender, regardless of, of whatever it is that puts you in our family. You're an ally to someone. And so that means that Randy and uh, JD, you're also allies. And I'm wondering if either of you have anything to say about allyship. Well, just a little bit. We have been so fortunate to have some fantastic allies that have been members first, you know, just, just shoulder to shoulder members of the group, but allies and uh, we're, we're way stronger with them. All right. My question for you, Randy, is uh, what brought you to BPI? I I remember the first time I heard your voice, and it was definitely a unique situation. So I want to hear from you first. What what brought you to BPI? All right. I will tell the story with <laughs> keeping in mind that we may need to come back a couple of times to get it in a way that's PR friendly. But back in the pandemic, we had one of the community calls that we did was on gender and pronouns. And during that call, somebody spoke up and was like, I don't care if I ever have sex again. And I have, you know, offered to be roommates with members of the opposite sex and they've just laughed at me and I don't understand what's going on. Um, and I wasn't sure how BPI was going to react to that because all I had ever seen was up to that point was um, gay, bisexual, and um, lesbian. And I, because I hadn't joined up yet or anything like that. So I quick spoke up and said, you know, what you're describing is called asexual. And if you ever want to find out about that, you can reach out. And then, you know, once I did that, I got an invitation from BPI. And then two hours of fighting with the website later, I was a member. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's 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 funny. And that, one of the things I want to ask later uh, is is what can we do to make the membership uh, joining experience or just anything about BPI uh, better? But uh, before we get to that, I want to ask uh, JD and Vita uh, how they found BPI. Uh, so let's start with Vita. Uh, could you tell the story about how you came to BPI? I think I to BPI the very first time was because I crashed a, a BPI party. Um, <laughs> I went to uh, one of their get-togethers at a convention with my friend George Ashotis and 
I just loved the vibe there. It was energetic and people were just so friendly and there was a real vibe in the room, I have to say. And I, you know, I felt accepted. People were just really kind to me and so forth. And, but I didn't join right away then. I joined uh, later on. But I think in every instance where I've met BPI members, I had just always had a really good experience. And so later on when I saw, uh, I can't remember when it was, a few years ago, when I saw BPI looking for members, I said, oh, of course I want to be a part of BPI. And so, yeah, that's how I came to it. No, oh, man, we're so glad to have you with us. And that's such a good story. And <laughs> there are so many good coming to BPI stories, uh, how people just found us in uh, different circumstances. JD, I'm curious about your uh, finding and discovering of BPI and how you came to us. Well, I found BPI, which it wasn't BPI at that point. Uh, in 06, the Jacksonville Convention, uh, but I first found it through looking at, you know, signing up for things that I wanted to uh, attend prior to the convention. And uh, I signed up for a bunch of things with uh, what was a B flag at that point. And uh, I went into the first uh, to the, the social and didn't know anybody and just met a bunch of people and George was one of them and we became close friends uh, and the whole group was just just wonderful and we we had great times together uh, great discussions uh, and I just knew that was you know a group I wanted to be part of and we had been uh, active in ACB here in Georgia but that was always hard to do and the, the, the chapters never really held up. So I finally just became a, a, a member of just BPI and, and then ACB at large. Well, thank you for joining us. And, and uh, you know, like I'm, I'm really glad I got a chance to meet you. The, the WhatsApp channel in, in BPI was a great oh, yeah. help to me during COVID. And uh, I met a bunch of really awesome people, including you. So um, yeah, I'm glad you're here. Um, Thanks. I have a tough question, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, and so I hope that gave you guys time to think about it. I'm going to start with you, JD, because you recently worked on something that did help uh, a situation that we were struggling with as an organization, our website. We definitely had some issues with our old website, and it needed a lot of work. So I want to ask you, what other things does BPI need to work on? What are some of our issues that we need to start tackling in your, in your opinion? Well, we got the uh, podcast, which I think you're aware of. So things like social media, the, the website is going to be a continuing work in progress with uh, updating with news as we get it and things. So be someplace that it can be a destination where people will want to go, not just to sign up for membership, but to actually go to see, oh, what's new? And I think that'll that'll help. But I think social media is very important because that reaches people who aren't members of ACB, who don't know anything about ACB. 
And uh, I, I think that's our biggest opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a, a very big one. Uh, Randy, what about you? Well, um, uh, every group or organization always has the opportunity for improvement. And even with my poking fun at my experience with the website earlier, um, I will say that uh, VPI is one of the best membership um, experiences I've had. Um, I, I currently belong to three national affiliates, which I will not name the other two because I don't want to, I don't want this to be a slam fest. I just want to make my point with BPI. I spent six months as an annual member and then bought myself a lifetime membership with the other two national affiliates. Um, I renew on a year by year basis. And that's because with BPI, I don't, I don't have to work at feeling included. And with the other two, I do, which is a really simple statement. But what it really comes down to is, is one group gives me clear avenues for getting started and getting my foot in the door. And the other ones, they have some walls uh, built up, whether or not they're aware of it. And it just sort of diminishes the welcome. But with that being said, I will go with JD about social media. And I also think that two... You know, we have to, um, as an organization, be willing to step outside of our comfort zone um, in regard to what platforms we use, you know, because we tend to fall in like the simplest ones like email messaging and um, WhatsApp because it has a pretty straight up interface and, you know, Facebook and and those things. But a a lot of the younger people aren't on on those platforms. So um, we really do need to be expanding into those areas and be present there. Um, if for no other reason than to get people in the door. I agree. Oh my gosh. Yes. 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 <laughs> Def- definitely agree. <clears throat> I want to see us get on TikTok, to be honest with you. Vita, what about you? What do you think uh, we could do to improve BPI? Oh, well, in addition to what's already been said, I think we really need to work on mentoring slash leadership. You know, we, we need to bring more people to the forefront Find out what people's talents are. What are their skills? What are they willing to give to the organization? And the way we've been doing that now is just, you know, we've been sending out emails and asking people to step up. And I think we're going to have to work at that much harder. Maybe calling people, uh, maybe offering some educational seminars on what it's like to be a board member, What are the various board positions? What are the duties of each position? What are the duties of the chairs, uh, you know, committee chairs um, and so forth? And that may mean mentoring, you know, uh, someone following the current people in those roles. You know, it can take different forms the, the way we do it, but it's absolutely necessary in order for the organization to go forward and get new people to be excited about it. Thank you so much, Vita. We are just about out of time. Thank you so much for coming. So JD, do you have any final words? Well, not not really. I think just to reiterate what everything that has been said, it's all I've always, you know, thought we need to reach out and to our own members just as much as to other people. But a, a lot of people want to know what benefit 
BP, you know, joining BPI is. So I think we need a way to convey that too. What what do they get? And it it shouldn't have to be a tangible thing like a coffee mug. It should be the the advocacy and the fellowship should be just as important. Yeah, Randy. Um, I don't really have any final words either, except I will say that while we don't necessarily want people's uh, motivations to be the free t-shirt or the coffee mug, uh, we should never underestimate that power either. (laughs) Nice final words there. Mm -hmm. I like it. I want a coffee mug. Uh, Vita, how about you? (laughs) I want a (laughs) t-shirt. I'm just proud to be here. I'm proud to be a life member of BPI. I'm proud of the work we're doing. I think as an affiliate, I think we're doing a lot of work with our podcast and all of the things that we do at convention. You know, we are working and it shows. All right. I'm really proud of us. Alvita, thank you so much. That was wonderful. And you know, I just wanted to say to all three of you, thank you so much for being part of our board. Um, you are valid, you are beautiful, and you are loved. And just thank you so much for being part of our board. Hey, thank you. Thank you. You know, we're a pretty talkative bunch here at BPI. And a couple of weeks ago, we recorded part one of Meet the Board with our president, Leah Gardner, vice president, Anthony Corona, immediate past president, Gabriel Lopez Cafati, our treasurer, Maria Kristich, and our secretary, Tristan Snyder. And of course, I was there answering and asking a lot of questions. My name is Bryn Lee, and I am one of the board members. Now, we were not able to get Vita Zavoli, Randy Reed, or J.D. Denning in that original recording. And so I'd like to thank all three of them for making it possible to fill out part two. So let's go ahead and bring in Anthony with the proverbial talking stick and uh, hand everything off over to him. And we will continue on with this episode of Meet the Board. Well, I think Bryn would agree with me. It is only fair to ask you, our treasurer, for the last five and growing years. Do you have any questions for any of the officers tonight that you'd like to ask? Oh, (laughs) well... What has surprised you the most in terms of your time in leadership? What aspect of BPI or what aspect of leadership did you, you know, not expect to be the way it was? And what what has really surprised or or challenged you? What I can say that really surprised me is the personal growth that you achieve. And, and and the way in which you feel that you're never, that you're not ready at that moment for a leadership role. And then you get the right encouragement and then you're there. And then after that, it becomes second nature. You don't even think about it. And all of a sudden you're naturally leading. And then not only that, but you're growing where you're transitioning into broader aspects of, of leadership. And you're like, wow, you know, you look back and you say, I guess this is what it feels like to grow. As I'm, I'm hearing this and, and it's, it's so apropos, Bryn, that you asked the question, because I think to myself over, you know, we're, we're coming up, we're on three years of Pride Connection and I'm coming up on three years of Sunday edition. 
And I think about all of the conversations that we've had that meant so much to either one person or our community needed to hear something. And when I think about all the conversations that we've had that have pushed understanding, I heard a couple of weeks ago on Sunday edition, a person who lets themselves be known as a very conservative, conservative, da 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 da, hold themselves and say, oh, Bryn, okay, tell me about Bryn. What, what do I need to know? How do I make Bryn feel comfortable? And I'm talking about one of them conservative conservatives. So I'm crying a little bit and, and I'm not trying to do it for attention. It's just I, when you were talking, I thought to myself, no, the real thing is that we make a difference. We make a difference. And if you ever come to us as an organization and say you need something, all of us on this call will move heaven and earth to try to make it happen for you because we've done it over and over again over the last four years. I yield my time to whoever's next. You know, I think for me being involved in BPI for 20 years, and there were times when I was not very involved in, in that time period because of life or other responsibilities. I think though that just in the short time, you know, that I that I have been president, I'm surprised by I guess that amount of responsibility and tenacity that I'm feeling right now to really try and continue this organization in its upward direction. You know, I think when I was in my early 20s, it was really a matter of, oh, my God, we have this GLBTQ organization. This is awesome. This is cool. Right. You know, I think as you get older, though, at least for me, it becomes more about stewardship and yeah. the future and, and, and passing on something that is vibrant and solid um, that can maybe withstand some tough times. And, and that's what BPI has done. But, but I think that it's just a bigger responsibility and, and like in a, in a way of an obligation that no matter what is going on in my life, um, there are so many other people depending on this organization to continue raising the bar in terms of who we are and, and what we provide and that it's not something that's oppressive. It's something that helps me feel driven and, and motivated every day. Come on, think about it for a second. When you think about the fact that a letter writing campaign that started because of stuff that Melody Holloway brought to us was mentioned on the state legislative floor in Florida. They were so scared of us that they had to mock us, <laughs> make, us make us try to feel less because we're people that need a dog or a chain to help us get through the building. So how could we possibly have an opinion on what should be? But we were mentioned because of the, the amount of energy our people put. We gave you the letter. We told you where to go with it. And you did it. And, and again, I got to shout out Melody because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be there. But we were mentioned more than once of the DeSantis people in Florida are scared of BPI. That should make you feel happy, folks. That should make you feel like the next time we ask you to step up and help us with something, we do it because we 
we made DeSantis feel small about himself for about two and a half, maybe three seconds. But it's still better than anything done in the last year. Leah, I yield my time back to you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's about the don't the um, quote unquote, don't say gay legislation that did pass in Florida. However, if DeSantis and his cadre are even mentioning us, that means that we have we made an impression. And that's uh, that's key. If you make a small impression, then you just keep you just keep working at it and you make a bigger and bigger impression and you end up influencing. People to. Hopefully, as time moves on, uh, states like Florida, you know, there'll be people that will that will run for congressional slots and the state will change or other other really red states will change. We have three people on the BPI board from Florida, maybe four by the end of the year. You know, I think I think we have we have such a presence and we have a lot. Actually, we have a lot of members in Florida. We carry a force with us. We are not people that uh, just bow down. We, uh, we are absolutely bringing the woke with us. No question about it. So, Bryn, let me ask you, do you have any more serious, solid questions? Because I think before we close out tonight, we should at least bring a, in a little bit of the fun and the funk. But whatever serious questions you have left, let's throw it at out right now okay this is a this is a good one for maria so maria um you talked a little bit about the website redesign and uh the work that went into that and i just wondered if you could go into more detail about what our new website is so what what is that domain and what new features do we have on the website and thank you by the way for all the hard work that you've put into that and thanks to everyone else on your committee could you tell us who was on your committee? All right. Well, thanks for the great question. So uh, first of all, yes, the website design is definitely very much in progress. So this is like a preview of lots of the excitement that's coming. So first of all, my the wonderful committee without whom I could not be doing this, uh, we have got a you, Bryn, of course, uh, with your podcasting and audio expertise. We've got JD, or board member who could not be here tonight, unfortunately, with his extensive website development genius experience. And we have uh, Gabe and Leah and Anthony providing their thoughts as well. And um, Miss Ruth, one of our members, will be uh, helping us with some of the content writing and you know, if any of you are listening and you have some sort of interest in a website or content writing, like for, you know, a blog or some such, we would certainly welcome you. And so uh, in terms of the scope, as we've mentioned, uh, the top priority now is this replacement of our membership forms for joining with a much more accessible experience. And that should be available very, very soon. Uh, We're also going to be making our uh, website titles more inclusive of the entire community, as has been mentioned before, that the colors of our rainbow have really been expanding 
And so we need to be inclusive of that. And one of those ways is by incorporating all of the lovely letters of our rainbow into our website page titles, into more of our content. And uh, we will also be having uh, some features where you can play and download these Pride Connection episodes directly from our website. And yes, as Bryn mentioned, we're going to also be having a very exciting new uh, rebrand in our domain once we are ready to go. So right now we have the blindlgbtpride.org and that will continue to uh, work. That's a little long and not as inclusive of all the colors of our rainbow. And so our new domain will be bpi.gay. So bpi.gay. And in fact, you can visit bpi.gay now and it will take you to the existing website. But once we transition over to the new site, that will be our new uh, domain going. So that is just a broad overview. And this is, of course, a living process. We're going to want to keep our website fresh and up to date. And so, uh, like I said, if you have any content or um, any interest, any thoughts um, on the website, how it looks, we'd welcome them. We're also going to be updating a bit of the theme of our website, just how the navigation links and such look and the use of headings uh, through the changing of the theme to make that a bit more of an accessible experience as well. So, Lots of exciting things going on with the website redesign. And as I said, we're just getting started. So thanks for that great question. Okay, real quick. I just have to say, oh my God, Maria, you sounded like the price is right. (laughs) 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 And then you emphasized on certain points and I was like, I know there's something more coming. And then there was something more coming. the price is right version of bpi stuff thank you so much for that now anthony if you want to take that little disc right there and put it up on the board we'll see what plinko can bring to you (laughs) 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 and i love the cliffhanger guy the one that you're yeah that's the one that bryn is singing the that that's the one bryn is not yodeling So, Anthony, it sounds to me like you had a fun question for us to close out the evening with. I did. So, we have been through virtual conventions. We have been through, God, thousands of Zoom meetings at this point. (laughs) Been through virtual conventions and socials and all those things where we said, yes, as long as we're together, it's wonderful. And I feel such good community. And it's so good to be with you people on a, I don't know, this screen thing. And if I have participants, I can hear your name. But now that the world is coming back, what are you most looking forward to for the next BPI, either convention or full social? And we're going to start with Maria and take it all the way up through to our last immediate past president. So, Maria, what are you most looking forward to? Oh, I'm looking forward to giving you all a hug. I'm looking forward to meeting some of you in person who I haven't gotten to meet. And I feel like, as you said, we've been on thousands of Zoom calls. So, um, but it's it's not the same. And I'm looking forward to meeting the pups and, and playing with them as well. And, you know, just 
that whole, that, that connection, right? That you can't get unless you're sitting at a dinner or you're just sitting around the, you know, suite or what have you, and just having a chat. And um, obviously, you know, there's some, there's some programming that is, you know, very much more suitable to in-person only. But I think, you know, for me, it's really just connection. All right, Tristan, what about you? You know, I, I have to kind of echo Maria a little bit. I, I really am. It'll be nice to see people in person. It's something that I mentioned to a friend of mine uh, recently. We have among us um, many of the, the colors of the rainbow. And we have um, we have people of diverse culture and ethnicity in our group. And we have so many different types of labels that we can pin on ourselves and sometimes there are places that we can go to be among that label you know um a a a a gay book club or a a black church or a place where you can hang out and talk with your fellow star trek fans you know there are different places we can go to do those things and be among a portion of what makes us us. And the thing that I am most looking forward to is being among my own kind, my own blind kind, because that's a rarity guys. It, you know, these conventions, Mm -hmm. they have, they have their ups and downs and they have their faults and all that stuff, but the convention and our socials and that sort of, gathering is a place where we can go and we don't have to put on the mask we don't have to work so hard to just be seen as an equal we get to be with our own people and with bpi we get two in one all right so in the you know in the rule of of order i'm the next one to go and i most certainly am gonna go Over the last couple of years, we have worked so very hard to put on national convention programming that you would be proud of. And I don't think that there's anyone on this call that could say that any single one over the last three years of our programs was anything less than something that you could absolutely cheer for and be proud of. Am am I right, folks? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Definitely. We also put on our own special interest. We were the other than Randall Shepard, but, you know, they're like a business whole thing. But we were the first special interest affiliate to ever attempt to do a convention virtually. And it was, for ACB, really well attended. Um, You know, if you want to look at, like, MTV kind of numbers, no, okay, no. But, you know, for ACB, yeah, we got really good numbers. Anyway, having said all that, we really want to put on for our members, what they want. So you're going to see an invitation for the convention planning meeting for the first week of March. And I I implore you to please come. I'm not a slave driver. I'm not like a mean boss or anything. I'm like a really cool guy to actually work with because I'm used to doing all the work anyway. So whatever you guys will help and take off my plate makes me like, so happy and like butterflies and I start singing songs and I want to like virtually kiss and hug everyone. Having said all that, I'm really, really, really trying to get you members 
involved. I will put on the best programming for convention that I can think of. And we've got some really good stuff already brewing. But I don't want it to be the Anthony, Gabe, Leah, Tristan, Bryn. I don't want it to be the programming that we always put on because that's what we always do. I really, really want you guys all to step up and just tell us what you want. And then we'll find a way to make it happen. We're all passionate enough to make that happen. So when you see that, that meeting go out, please come and join us and brainstorm with us. And that's pretty much it for me. Brent, I'm going to throw that stick back at you. All right. So I would say uh, the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is getting to see everyone. I mean, I know that seems like a repetitive answer, but I, I can't wait to go to an open mic and hear some of our uh, awesome members singing. I mean, my God, Jessica Tomlinson is like uh, a, a diva. It's, it's amazing to hear her belt out a tune. And I want that live experience again. Um, I'm single and ready to mingle. And I, you know, BPI events have always been a safe space to say, this is who I am. Uh, this is, you know, blind and queer. And, uh, you know, the potential to meet other people who are, are the same and uh, get a chance to have experiences. That's really exciting. I can't wait for that. And I can't wait to hear Gabriel screaming as he falls out of an airplane, because that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be a really good recording. Yes. <laughs> oh, Gabe, all right. But the butterflies in Gabe's stomach are building right now. <laughs> I can hear them. Gabriel, talk about some fun up in convention. Well. I, I, everything that everyone has said, I echo it. I'm a hugger, so I can't wait to hug people and uh, just be there and, you know, just have that feeling of we dodged another one and um, always being <laughs> mindful of the ones who did not make it after these three years, but celebrating the fact that we dodged it and that we will learn the lessons from these past three years of pandemic, but we will enjoy being with each other and just being the old <laughs> conventions that we used to have where everything and everyone, uh, like Tristan said, you know, we, when we have convention, we own the place. <laughs> Absolutely. And now to our actual current president, who, you know, might have a couple of different thoughts. Go ahead, girl. I think for me, this is really, <laughs> this year is a take two. You know, last year there was an attempt to have a, <laughs> a uh, convention in Omaha and uh, some of us were there. And quite frankly, it was very much kind of like a ghost town. Very few people attended. I think there was still so much fear about COVID. A couple of us succumbed to COVID while we were at convention. And uh, it was very strange to be at convention and having, you know, to listen to all these different presentations on, you know, on, on ACB media and not be there and then have to stay later 
due to quarantine. And, you know, I've never been in a convention hotel post convention. And it's like, you, you see no longer all the, all the hallways yeah. full of blind people, <laughs> you know? It, it has a different sound, doesn't it? You don't Absolutely. hear that wind tap, tap, tap against the wall. No. I mean, you, you get in the elevator and you are, are again, that sole blind person. Um, and it, it's very strange. It's very strange to go from a hotel that's just bustling with, with other people that are visually impaired to suddenly the, the world is, uh, you know, vision oriented again. So you have to put I, on I, your mask and, and, and go brave the world. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I think for me, this is very much a a take to, to enjoy a convention again. And oh my God, please, please, please not, not get COVID again. Yeah. And at this point, you know, we've all lived as best as we could through all of this. And, And those of us that were there last time, we were so careful. We tried so hard. We yep. were so responsible. It just was, it was what it was. <laughs> yep. And and I'm going to say this straight out. It haunts me in such a weird way that Gabe and I did not, and Donna, Donna was the most vulnerable person in our delegation that the three of us did not get it. I don't understand that. All of you spent time with me before I tested positive for it. So yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm relieved. All right, Bryn, this is your idea. You wanted to bring this to our Pride Connection audience. So what have you learned tonight? What are you looking forward to based upon what you heard tonight? And tell us a little bit about your philosophy as a board member as well. One thing I have learned is that we have a board that is uh, versatile, that is diverse, Uh, a board that has big dreams and the determination to follow through with it. And I am so happy to be on this board. I remember when I first found BPI and within a couple of weeks, I was like, I want to contribute. I want to be a part of this. What can I do? How can I stand up? And the board of this organization found a way to put me to work. And, um, (laughs) You know, it was it was just great. And they continue to find things for me to do. <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, and, you know, we really, really want more people like that, more people who are willing to contribute their resources and show us, you know, how they can contribute to this organization to make us stronger, to make us bigger, and, and to provide services that are vital to the blind LGBTQ community. BPI is a safe haven for us. It helps so many of us come out of the closet, crack our eggs, yeah. uh, and, and just yeah. figure out who we are. So that's, that's my philosophy that, uh, you know, BPI has done great work and continues to do great work. And I want to be a part of that. As we close out tonight, I, I absolutely have to piggyback on that. I lost my sight at 40 going on 41 years old. And I was at the height of my career. I was at the height of my life. And everything that was told to me was, it's all gone. No, you'll, you'll find a way. You'll find a way to exist. You'll find a way to survive. But everything you knew was gone. It's gone. No, don't, don't even think about it. And honestly, they were right because 
without learning how to use the stick, the, the cane, I couldn't get to work. So they were right. I couldn't do. But throughout the journey, I found out that it's not that I couldn't do. It's that I couldn't do it then. It's not that I didn't know. It was that I didn't know based upon the information that I was now being given instead of what I used to be given. And at this point, if it wasn't for BPI, I would be sitting alone with a dog in an apartment in New York City with no friends and, and no one. But thankfully, because of BPI, I'm your first vice president. Yay. <laughs> All right. I think that deserves Close a out. round of applause. <laughs> Yeah, you've got all of us like teary-eyed right now. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody who participated in those two calls. It was really fun getting to know every single one of you a little bit more and learning what BPI means to you. Now, coming up, we're going to join a recording of our recent book share on Clubhouse. Tristan Snyder has been a longtime lover of books, and he said, you know, we need to have a regular conversation about LGBTQ plus books. And so he has uh, started leading a conversation on a regular basis on Clubhouse. And so we're going to be taking segments from those calls and adding them to our podcast on a regular basis. Here is the first book review from our own president, Leah Gardner. Leah? Yeah, um, I was excited when you brought this up because I had more time to read over uh, holiday time. And I kind of found this book out of uh, just pure happenstance. You're not going to find it in the GLBTQ section, and there's a reason for it. <laughs> if it were in the GLBTQ section, uh, I, it, it would be it would be giving away part of the center of the story. Um, and some books kind of fall into that category, but it's called The uh, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And um, it's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's on Bard and it is on Audible. I had never read anything by Taylor Jenkins Reid before. I didn't know anything about her. And um, I kind of thought, yeah, this might be a fun just sort of holiday read because the synopsis of the book basically says that it is about a sort of middling magazine writer who is kind of struggling with her career and, and trying to move up the ladder at a really, really popular kind of fancy women's magazine. And she gets an assignment to interview an actress who had a really kind of a flashy scintillating career. And what she, what this actress is sort of most infamous for is getting married seven times. And uh, she, she gets the, uh, Monique is the writer's name, Monique Grants. She gets the opportunity to interview this woman for what she thinks is just going to be a cover story for this magazine. But she discovers upon meeting with her that she has the opportunity to basically get Evelyn Hugo's life story. And she can't understand why Evelyn picked her because she really is not a, a, a writer with any kind of impressive resume. She's, you know, she's kind of this just bottom of the ladder, you know, kind of writer. And uh, it, 
took me a little bit to get into because I wasn't quite sure. I don't. I thought I don't want to read this kind of salacious book about you know this woman that married all these different times and all this Hollywood glitter and stuff. But from the moment that Evelyn Hugo started telling her story, I I was just absolutely. Um, I, I was absolutely hooked. Um, I think what's really unique about the story is you very well may not like Evelyn Hugo. <laughs> she She's a kind of a person that to get to where she was in life and build her career, she stepped on a lot of toes. She was nasty to a lot of people. She was not in a lot of ways a generous or kind person. But through her narrative, there is just so much um, texture and, and life that she brings to her story and her journey. And uh, you will find out that there is a major GLBTQ plus link to the story. And the only thing that I'm going to say about that is if you were in Hollywood late 50s early 60s probably even up through late 90s there was absolutely no way that you could maintain your career and your fame if you were in any kind of same-sex relationship and there at least to me is a major reason uh, you keep asking yourself, why is Monique been asked to write this? And the sort of climax where you kind of find that out is completely caught me off guard. Um, the author obviously did a lot of research, I think, about Hollywood during a certain time frame. And, and I think it's pretty revealing. It, but it's also in some ways a very painful book to read, particularly about relationship dynamics and the sacrifices we make or don't make and how far will you go um, to maintain your career? There's just, there's so much depth to this book and I haven't read, I haven't read something quite as absorbing uh, for, for a really long time. So I, I highly recommend it. Okay, so I had to throw that reading rainbow sound effect in there. For those of you who were around in the 80s and 90s and saw uh, Reading Rainbow with LeVar Burton, you'll know what that sound effect means. Anyway, um, thank you, Leah, for your book recommendation. We really appreciate it. If you're looking for that book on Bard, the DB number is DB88665. And it was called the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, a novel by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Well, we're just about out of time, but before we go, I would like to remind you that as of the recording of this podcast, which is March 7th, 2023, we are about a week and a half away from our membership window closing. So if you've been meaning to renew that membership, or if you'd like to become a member of Blind Pride International, visit our website, which is at bpi.gay slash join. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back in just two weeks. You've been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind Pride International, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Please check us out at blind.com 
lgbtpride.org. 